welcome all who join us today in the pews and those who join us by way of live stream at your homes. Wherever you are here at St. Anne's, we rejoice with you as we celebrate 50 days of Easter resurrection. Alleluia. Christ is risen from the dead. He is truly risen, just as he said. Alleluia. I want to reflect today on the word incredible. Now, we use that word a lot in wonderful experiences. We'll say, well, how was your trip? Oh, it was incredible. What we really mean is it was amazing. Because when you think about the root of that word incredible, it means unbelievable. Now, unbelievable could mean amazing, yes, but it really means I can't believe it. It's so incredible, unbelievable. And what's going on here in the disciples' hearts and minds is that one and the same time, in different respects, they are amazed, incredible in that sense, but also incredulity, incredible. They're not believers. They're still so terrified, so startled at seeing Jesus in the resurrection of his flesh that they just can't believe it. They're so terrified. So terrified, so troubled. Jesus says, why do these questions arise in your hearts? Why are you so upset? He said this last week to Thomas and the others in the upper room. Come on. Thomas, remember, touch me, see me, put your hand into my side, put your hand into my nail marks. It is I. These are the distinctive marks of my body. And as we reflected last week, that's, again, amazing. Again, maybe incredible that in the resurrection of the flesh, Jesus has those distinctive marks, those wounds, eternally. They don't heal. They're always there because that's his body. That's how they recognized him. Thomas would put his hand into the side where the lance had cut Jesus on Good Friday, then put his hands into those nail marks when they crucified him on that cross. And Thomas then knew, oh, Lord and my God. And now he's talking Jesus to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, just outside Jerusalem. And their eyes were downcast. Remember the story? They had hoped that this Jesus would have been their Messiah, the long-awaited king. And Jesus breaks bread with them. And with that, their eyes were opened, and they remembered the Last Supper when he said, this is my body, this is my blood. Every time you do this in remembrance of me, I will be with you. I am present to you. I'm not going away. I will always be with you. This is so incredible. Unbelievable. And this was especially hard for the Jews 2,000 years ago. These were Jews for Jesus. Remember, in their context of religion, 
Judaism did not speak about the resurrection of the body. There was a school of thought among Sadducees that speculated, but it was never articulated as their doctrine. With death, the soul is separated from the body. That's the same belief that Islam has, Hinduism, Buddhism, and every other religion the world has ever known. Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, Africans, Indians, Chinese, and Japanese. From caveman to the present, at death, the soul is separated from the body and now can enjoy immortality in some vague form. But Christianity is different. No, at death, we're not souls apart from body. What we believe in the resurrection of the body is that in God's time, in that eternal time, we will be raised up and made incorruptible in the resurrection of our body. Because God created us that way. He didn't create angels. I'm not an angel. You're not an angel. We're not souls apart from bodies. No, he created us as human beings and soul bodies, embodied souls. And that's our nature. That's how I know you. That's how you know me. That's how I know myself. And I don't want to be anybody. I want to be me. So the resurrection of the body actually is a mystery, is just that, but that doesn't mean it's dismissed because I can't understand it, so it's a mystery, let's just write it off. No, mysteries are meant to be probed. You go as far as you can to seek to understand it. What does Jesus do with the apostles? Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. It's one thing to read the scriptures and say, okay, that's the word of God, okay. But to understand, to seek to understand these mysteries. That's Catholic. Faith and reason. Fides et ratio. We seek to understand. Now, what's intelligent about the resurrection of the body, friends, is that it completes me. It completes you. It completes and elevates and glorifies what God created, embodied persons. And we're the only ones that articulate this in faith, with reason, in the world for 2,021 years. 11 hours, 22 minutes, 32 seconds, Eastern Standard Time, Washington, D.C. Welcome, everyone. Until the end of time. Until the end of time. This is incredible. You say amazing, yeah, but also incredible. The world does not believe this. The world can't even grapple with it. It's just so difficult. And it is difficult for us too, but wow. Even after the resurrection, he says, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. I mean, after the resurrection, I'd like some filet mignon. I want something better than a baked piece of fish. But what was the point? It was what? To show the apostles, I'm real again. I eat. What? This is amazing. 
It's incredible. It's startling. It's terrifying. Wow. But what does Jesus always do? As he said on the Easter night and a week later to Thomas and the others and these two disciples and says even at every mass and to you and me, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid because the resurrection awaits. This is the Easter joy. So for the Jews 2,000 years ago, it would have been, through our lens, very easy to write this story off and say, okay, that was just what they wanted to believe. They made it up, a story to kind of justify their discipleship of Jesus. No, no, that could not have happened because Jews didn't understand or believe the resurrection of the body. It wasn't part of their milieu. It wasn't part of their mindset. Uh, then they simply, what, uh, created some myth that the body was stolen in the middle of the night and wanted people to kind of follow the story that Jesus was raised. No. No, again, they really didn't believe that he would be raised. And remember, the Roman cohort, 100 Roman soldiers were sent to guard the tomb. Oh no, the political establishment was very afraid of this Jesus of Nazareth. They had heard and seen three years of these incredible, amazing miracles. Raising Lazarus from the dead, healing people who had hemorrhages and cancers and all sorts of leprosies, blindness, diseases of every sort, emotional and physical, mental, spiritual demons, we're told, exorcisms beyond belief. No, they were afraid. No, the Romans were very afraid. The Jews were very afraid. So it's very ridiculous to think that all this was just a story made up and that Christians have kind of perpetuated a myth. No, it would have been a myth if Jesus simply disappeared and went back to heaven. That could have been credible in a sense, a soul that kind of went back to God. But to be raised from the dead in the flesh and to appear and to be with them for 40 days and 40 nights, eating and drinking, presumably, laughing and crying, in the perfection of that glorified flesh and person. This is what it's all about, friends. This is Christian joy on steroids. Can you imagine what the resurrection will be like? You will see your loved ones again. You will be with them. Now that's what converted these Jews to follow Jesus even more intensely 20 centuries ago. They moved on from the doctrine of some vague Sheol, this life beyond the grave, and were so convinced now, their incredibility, their incredulity becomes credibility, credulity. They are believers. And what does Jesus say? You are witnesses of these things. Now, 
we are, as Christians in the world, some 30%, 23% Roman Catholic, and the other 10, 12% Protestant Christian. We're not the majority, never have been. But that's not the point, it's not about numbers. It's about the gift of a revelation and a reality that still is so amazing. And the challenge for us in every generation as we preach this gospel, season after season, year after year, millennium after millennium till the end of time is to move from the incredibility to the credibility. How do I make credible the resurrection to others? Because so many don't live in hope. They always see the glass half empty. You can say it's gonna be a beautiful day. Well, tomorrow it's gonna to rain. It is a beautiful day. Well, it's gonna be summer soon. That's heat and humidity. They never, do you know people like that? They're always on the downside. Well, where's the hope? Not just hope in general, where is real hope? Because most of us don't really fear death. We know that's gonna happen. What we fear as men and women, and this is universal, is what happens to me after death. Now we know, now we know. And that's a revelation, an intelligent mystery of revelation to you and me, which is to be shared which is why I preach and why you witness. Think about your common conversations. We get together, we talk about the weather, we talk about COVID, we talk about the economy or politics. We talk about what's happening with guns and racism. We talk about all the stuff of the world. Okay, it has its place, but if we're only talking about the things of the world, then we get caught up in the things of the world and maybe become incredible, that is, unbelievers, about the stuff of the next world. Our conversations from time to time should be pregnant with points about heaven and the resurrection and Jesus. I know we don't like to think as Anglo-Saxon Puritans that it's polite conversation to talk about Jesus. We just keep that for church. Don't talk about your faith in public. They'll think you're weird. Well, the Jews then didn't think it was so weird. They were very religious as Jews, and now they're for Jesus, and they are just on cloud nine. So from this small band of people who had nothing going for them, and persecutions besides, slowly but gradually grows the largest institution in the West, certainly. And we are privileged to be on the receiving end of 2,000 years of this faith. Why should we be incredulous? So much there for us to, to think about and be witnesses, to be witnesses. And even now, we are witnesses of something that is extraordinary, most amazing, even incredible once again. His body, his blood, resurrected on an altar of sacrifice. We can say with St. Thomas, 
at that moment, my Lord and my God. We can say with Mary in the garden, Rabboni, teacher, master. We can say with the disciples, it is he. Rejoice and be glad, Christ is risen. This is our hope. This is the foretaste, pledge and promise given to us who believe in what the world calls incredible. We are believers. Make it credible for you and for others. Happy Easter, everyone.